I want to continue. I would like to study this afternoon. I would like to study two Mishnayas. Then I want to learn two Mishnayas in the second paragraph of us. Klal Yisrael Daniel this week. This Shabbos is studying the, the second paragraph of us. I want to learn two Mishnayas. Mishnah number one is Perak Gimel. Perik, it's Perak Beis, I'm sorry. And it's Mishnah Tesvav. And the Mishnah says, Rebbe Yezer Oimer. Rebbe Yezer said, Ye kavod chavercha chavalach geshalach. So Rebbe Yezer says as follows, the covet of your friend should be as precious to you, kishalach, as your own honor. And Rebbe Yezer gives a warning, and Rebbe Yezer says that a person should be very, very zahir in the covet of your friend. This is obviously especially relevant to Yemei HaSvira, or Rebbe Kivas Talmidim Wanifter, because Shaloy Nagu covet Zelazeh, they, they weren't noy covet one for the other. And I want to speak for a few minutes about the sugi of covet of respect. I want to say a few things about the sugi of covet. <clears throat> the first is to share the Chayadam. The Chayadam writes from Kadmainim. The Chayadam is one of the great Achreinim. He was a Mechotan with the Gra. Sort of a Mechotan with the Gra. Yeah, not, not exactly. Typically a Mechotan. <laughs> typically we say mechotan, a mechotan we typically mean they, that two people, their kids marry each other. He was a mechotan with the Gra's kid. Mechotan. So that we still call him mechotan, yeah. So the Chayadam writes that the Iker covet, we know there's something called covet of parents. And certainly covet of parents dictates is bimaisa action. Their actions to be mechabit our parents. The actions to be mechabit our parents. If you're in Eretz Yisrael and your parent comes to the airport, pashtus submits with the raisa machnisay. You bring, you welcome into the city. Might see a parent is leaving. We're malavin them out. We might see them. Machnisay might see So there's actions of kibaravim. They walk into a room. A person stands up for his parents. So there's covered that's b'maisa with action. There's covered that's b'diber with words. You don't contradict the parent. If a father or mother says something, say, Ma, that's not what happened. That's a breach of Kibbut Avim. It's B'dibur. You don't just not contradict them. You don't agree with them. You're not even allowed to agree with them. Your dad says, you're spot on, dad. That's also chutzpah. To say you're spot on, dad, he's not an equal. And to agree with him, he doesn't need your askam. So you're not allowed to disagree. You're not allowed to agree. The rules of Kibbut Avim that are both b'maisa, with activity, that b'dibur, with, with words. But says the Chayadam, the Iker kibud, the main kibud of parents is b'machshav, is in your mind. The main kibud has nothing to do with action, nothing to do with words, though there are kibud aveim obligations in action and word. The main kibud aveim must be kept b'mayach, in the mind. And b'machshava, what that means is, the Chayadam writes that you look at them as nechpadei aretz. 
as the most dignified people in the world, as really the higher echelon, big time people, and the Chiyav of Kibar Ave'im obligates us to view them as Chashuv Eyaretz. I'm sorry? It's a very, very good question. Viggy says for the rest, for Viggy, it's not a challenge because Tata's Taka and are his parents. But Viggy asked that let's say some guy's parents aren't such big guns, so are you supposed to be delusional? Is the mitzvah to be delusional? I always say, Viggy, and I feel this way, as guys today in sports, sports viewing has changed a lot. And I'm always amazed. Guys will watch random games. I was a big fan. And I love seeing my teams play, but I guarantee the Padres were playing the, the, the San Francisco Giants. You would not find me watching the game. I was a Giant fan. If, if somehow the Saints were playing the 49ers, you wouldn't pay me to watch the game. I watch my teams. They figured out ways to get fans today because of betting, which I despise, and all the likes, these types of sports, um, What's the games people play in football? Louis fantasy football. They've turned us into fans of random games, and it's all a trick to get us to watch. Yeah, Bachram watching a game's like it's like thirty-nine to two. Like they have a safety. A guy's like still watching the backup running back. Yepis has on his backup squad of fantasy. <laughs> So they've gotten us all much more to fantasize even more, as pretend as we ever were. They've gotten us to be more pretend. So fandom has changed a lot. But I want to say, Viggy, that when I, in the teams I liked, I cared about a New York Knicks player if he was the backup point guard more than I cared about a starter, even a star of some team out west. And the reason is because it's my team. And if you have any pride, the player on your team was more important to me because I cared about this team. And anybody with any pride, if you're designed, we all have our own world. Aryeh and I were talking about this. We all have our own world. And my world, I have the people that are important to me. I have my heroes, my stars. I have the people that make up my world. Anybody with any self-esteem, his parents should be at the top of his world. You're simply a healthy person. Because my world, in my world, the people that brought me here, that handed me the world. So when, when the halacha requires to see your parents as the big guns of the world, and I think a healthy person would view it that way. But they so bi- they're so big, because in my world, for my reality, they're the most important people in the world. They're sugyas, they're sugyas for sure, they're sugyas and challenges to keep it out aim and all different sorts of questions, how we can come to that place. It's a fair, it's a very, very fair question. I don't want to go to the sugya right now of Kibar Aveim. That's a sugya we have to learn. But I did want to say that in describing this chiyah b'machshava, mentally to look at them as nechvah they are, it's as the big guns of the world, I think when a person marks his own world and, and is aware that he has his own belt in his world, it would make sense his parents would be the big guns in his world. Now, so the Iker Kibbutz is mentally up here. There's a sugya of covered that 
involves parents. That's a mitzvah daraisa kibbut aveim. There's a sugi of covet to your friend. We just read a mishnah. The honor of your friends should be equal like your own honors. It says one of the first te- questions were asked after 120 is Did you make your friend a melech? Were you mechabit your friends? Did you give covet to your friends? So there's a sogya of covet to parents. There's a sogya of covet to friends. And now I would like to read a Rambam in Perakei Alocha Yudbeis. Please listen to this Rambam. Shemi, listen to this Rambam. I want to say about this Rambam, I have been zeichet, in the yeshiva, I've been zeichet to be involved with Ray Brownstein in hiring the Rebbeim. And with Siata the Shmaya, I think we have from, from the most incredible Mechanachim around, I think we have incredible Rebbeim here. And I want to share with you what I'm looking for. Because this, to me, is the main, main ingredient, Maish. I, I want to just say, I can't say this, how honest and practical this is. When I'm looking for a Rebbe, this is the area that the person has to be outstanding. But outstanding. And this is like the central ingredient, literally, literally, literally the central ingredient. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. When you, when, you, when you look for positions, you have many things that are important, but there are certain things that are negotiable, certain things not negotiable. As a mushal, you look for a rav, so you, people have on that list that the guy is a good orator, he's a good speaker. He's a Paisik, he's a Paskid Shailas, he's a Talmud Chacham. Now it matters what's one on your list, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seventh quality on your list, you'll be willing to be Mevataran. My brother's in a shul, the Rav was Nifter, he wasn't a good speaker, he was challenged, he had speech impediment, he had struggled to speak. I was so moved. I promised their shul when they were making a list would like a good speaker. He speaks every Shabbos. It would be very pleasant if he was a great orator. It just was very low down on their list. I'm certain when they had a list of qualifications, a good speaker was on there, but it was number seven. It was negotiable. Your first thing is not negotiable. Your second thing is not negotiable. It's, it's funny, two shuls will probably have the same seven things on their list, but depending where you put it in the order is how the rub will look. You'll go to a shul, we are good art, or a very group of superficial people. The first thing is he's good looking and, and, and a good art. As they want. <laughs> in their shul, it was very low down, good looking and a good art or charisma. They wanted other things, and it's very important when you make a list to hire, to not just decide what you're looking for, what place is it. By the way, when you're looking for the shidduch, it's the same thing. Two guys will both have the similar list. If I can write a list for any guy of the ten things he's looking for in a shidduch, but the main thing really is what order do you have the ten things in? That's the real question. It's funny, it's the dreaded question when my wife and I, we're meeting girls often who want, because simply the Bachmir are incredible, they're overwhelmingly amazing, and it's just the truth. So all the time we're meeting guys, who, we're meeting girls who want a shidduch here. And I, when I, the dreaded question to all shidduchim is, what are you looking for? It's like a horrible question, it's annoying. And really, what I really should do is I should write the six, seven qualities 
everybody wants. Well, yes, what are you looking for? A guy who's sad or bad mead? Like, I know what they're looking for. But you should write what order would you place these six things, and that's very telling. What's not negotiable, number one, and what's, yeah, it would be nice. You're not giving her a guy that's like, Superficial first thing that we don't have. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> what you're you're saying, you you'd write the order. The order would matter most. In, in, in a shul, in looking for a rub, it fascinates me because every shul will write the same seven things. The order will make a difference who the guy is. Some shuls, it will not be negotiable. He's a good orator. That's like not negotiable. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. And it will be a shtickle negotiable how much of a tzaddik he is. How to, there'll be other things that will be more up for negotiations. Lemaisa. My shul has like a guy with all I'll pay you later, Messi. Excellent, excellent, Johnny. He said, "I raps does have all those things." Chevra, Chevra as follows: In looking for a Rebbe, in an honest way, Daniel, in an honest way, just a fact. The number one thing is the next is this mission about to read. Number one, by me, like there's nothing higher on the list. Now I have other things on my list. I want the guy to be a Talmud Chacham. That would be very high up. It wouldn't be number one. It would be very high up. I want the person, all, I want it to be all different types of qualities that I can say over. But I want to say what's number one. It's not negotiable. There's no like starting point, And it's this. Says the Rambam, Perik Hay, Hilchas Talmud Torah, I want the guys to memorize this. Like we know the end of the Pasuk, Am Kiyazkin Layasmi Menu. Perik hey Hilchas Talmatar Alacha Yudbeis Chaim you learned in Yeshiva you gotta know this Chaim Perik hey Alacha Yudbeis this to me Chaim in hiring a Rebbe it's not negotiable number one Vaday first qualification he must have there's no such thing to me to say well he's he's strong if he doesn't have one it's a deal breaker. And the number one thing is Kishem Shah Talmidim Chayvim Bekavad Arav says the Rambam. The same way Talmidim are obligated to respect the Rebbe, Kacharav Tzarech Lechabedes Talmidim. So too a Rebbe has to respect his students, Ulekarvin, and bring them close. And he quotes the Mishnah, Yikavad Talmidcha Chavalecha Kishel Chavercha. He has a Gersa different than we have in the Avais. The Rambam's Gersa is that the honor of your student should be precious to you like a peer. You honor your student like a peer. That there's an honor. Now, honoring doesn't mean what you say. I want to remind you the chayadam. Iker machshavas b'mayach. In your brain, you honor him like a peer. You look at your student and you honor him like he's an equal to yours. You respect like he's a peer up here. This is not a negotiable thing. Now, it seems funny, and I, I'm not a liberal, I'm not, I'm not a new age person, I'm into Tyra. Tyra is very old, it's also very new, it's just always applicable. You sound like you're a very new age guy when you start. We live in a world where there's a dearth, there's a lack of covered, there's a lot of, there's missing of covered. 
And when you stand up and you say rebellion after honor students, you're like, Kalish, people aren't honoring their parents. They're not honoring their rebellion. They're not honoring elders. And you're like jumping up and down saying rebellion should honor students. I think we need a revolution of respect. And I think we're better to start than rebellion honoring students. In a world where rebellion honor their students, we will produce people who are leaking and exuding covered. They will be mechabit parents. They'll be mechabit rebellion. They'll be mechabit talmidich achamim. They'll be mechabit elders. They'll have covered to give covered. So to start the revolution, what I want to... I think a big place of a covered revolution is rebellion to their students. And this point that a Rebbe honors a student by me is huge. It doesn't mean what you say to them. And it can't be pretended. Because covered is b'machshava, it's nothing to do with what you say. It's what you think. Now, how do you know what a Rebbe thinks about a student? We all sense it. We can feel it. And if a Rebbe respects a student, then he can impact him and teach him. Rev Hirsch, the great Rev Shamshiner Fall Hirsch, called this concept of a Rebbe respecting his students, he called it the bedrock of education. That's a quote. The bedrock of education, which means it's the aside. Nothing can be built without this. You can't succeed. If a Rebbe does, is not mechabit his Talmidim, he cannot impact them. He does not respect them. This is at every level of chinuch. This is the first grader, by the way. We've all, I spoke yesterday about patronizing, about treating somebody less old than they are. I want to tell you, whatever age you, treat, you teach, don't, don't treat somebody like a baby. It's disrespectful to go into third grade and say, Kinder, look, it's inappropriate. Now, they're third graders. By the way, give them credit. Third graders is third grade. If you're unsure, always treat somebody more mature rather than less. But I'm not talking about how you treat them. Look at a person. He's, he's, he's a fifth grader. He's a fifth grader. And by the way, if you look at uh, the kids here and your attitude is that way, you, can, you will not impact somebody in a very strong way. If your attitude is disrespectful, if that's your attitude, you won't impact them. And this attitude of massive respect for Talmidim is, is necessary in order to impact somebody. I, I, I've watched Rebbeimi, I've watched Rabbi Russ, Rabbi Silverman, you could, they're literally the word intimidated from the guys, and that's what I'm looking for. They're intimidated. I'm supposed to, it's so the hepich of any sense of an arrogant person like wants to like, I, I'm going to fix this broken person or this ignorant person. I'm going to... It's not like that. You're taking somebody who's a precious, precious, a ben melech, a ben melech who you're entrusted <laughs> to learn with. You're like, you're a shtickle intimidated. This respect for Talmidim is the ingredient that's number one. Like there's nothing before it. In, it's not a negotiable ingredient. It's not, well, look, he's a big Talmud Chacham. He has so, he's so funny and charismatic, he doesn't respect the guys. And I've seen, I've seen flaws in this. I've seen tremendous disrespect that isn't even, I don't even know, it's hard even, I'm not sure the Talmidim always pick up this disrespect. Maybe they're either so used to it well, maybe it's subtle, people are youngsters, but he doesn't respect. And you watch the rebellion that have massive impact have a respect for the Talmudim they're teaching. A serious respect. 
And this is at every level of Chinuch Shalom. It's the first grade Rebbe, to the, it's the pre-Rane Mora, it's the kindergarten Mora, all the way to, to Kailo at every level of Chinuch. The respect to a Talmud, that the respect is there. I've had parents come to me to discuss their ADHD kid, and he's wrecking havoc and causing challenges, and the first thing is to keep your view of him very strong, or her. The first thing, the first achrayas for the parents, and admittedly it's challenging, but the kids cause, yeah, he's energetic, she's energetic, she's causing challenges. The first and most important thing is what is your view, is to keep a view, there's a wonderful person. Sure, they're very energetic. They're very energetic. But the first thing is to keep that view, to keep that positive view. And any, I don't want to say tricks because it's not a sogi of tricks. Any, anything that a person can utilize to keep sense of truth. We spoke yesterday that I in Taiv of keeping a good eyesight, keeping an eye on the truth of the matter that this is a person, a halogen person. That's the first bit of advice that has to be there. And people will say, I, I, know, I, know, I know he's a good boy, I know she's but. Your, your but is what's dominating. Your, 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 your exception is what's dominating the matter. It's not the person's a good person. What's, is, there's no I know this but. It's I know this person's a good person and get that. And before you have avol, however, but before you have that, this person's a good person that should dominate you, that should overwhelm you. And to, to keep sight of that is, to me, the ikr of chinuch. Rev Hirsch calls the bedrock of education, which all chinuch is built on that. I think in, during the Yemei Sphira, when a time we're working on the respect for another person, this, is, this has to be there in a profound way. Has to be there. I've said, this, I, I've said this idea many times. What do I do if I've lost respect for somebody? I've said many times to find superficial things. We all have a shallowness to us. Use the shallow area. I like sports. A guy makes a good catch in football. He's like, I'm like, wow. Now, the goal is not that you, ju- you don't end there. Once you think a guy's cool and you respect you will find crazy stuff because it's the truth. You just need a way not to be distracted. So as soon as the guy, to me, a guy's well-dressed, I'm like, wow, because dressing is impossible by me. It doesn't work. I tried for years. Dandra finds me. So a guy keeps himself all neat and well-dressed. A guy is a cool hairstyle, whatever. I don't need to tell you all, my, all the weak things. I didn't even make the list of <laughs> whatever it is whatever it is that punk that punk that you can utilize by the way of course the goal is to see much more profound things now it's a chayvah salvavis I've quoted this chayvah salvavis before the chayvah salvavis writes that there was a chassid there was a chassid who said that he was the manig for his dar he, he was the leader of his whole generation and he says, the reason I was manig my dar, which I want to explain means that he impacted his generation. 
And he says the reason he impacted his entire generation is because he never met one person that he didn't look up at, and it, that he had that person as something that he was missing. Now he describes this one stronger than me, this one's richer than me. Now why is that called looking up? There's bigger muscles. I assume the chassid, the tzaddik, was not into muscles. So what is that called? He looked up at people. The point is he was able to find something. It could even be a physical thing. Now once you see good and you're impressed, you'll notice other stuff also. But you're already not seeing, so you're already in a zone of being impressed with somebody. And he said he was a manic for his dark as he looked up. This is a non-negotiable point in Chinuch of being mechab at every Talmud and working. It's, it, there's avayda. Anybody's being honest with themselves will teach a class. You'll be asked one day to teach a class, Shmuley. You'll have 20 kids. You naturally respect people. You'll respect, let's say, 16 out of 20 easily. But you'll have four, you struggle. See, you, you have nothing to teach those four until you find it. You'll work. Till there's something that like impresses you, and you work. You work, you wait, you notice, you see, you're looking for it. At the point you're like, whoa, then you start teaching. Then you have a, now you're like taken by the guy. At the point something captured you, it might be some talent, some hobby. All of a sudden you once hear the guy rap, you're like, are you kidding me? He once bangs on the table. He has perfect rhythm. I don't, you find, till you find it, but don't force it. Don't be a pretend, oh, I'm so impressed. No, you're not. I'm talking something that really impresses you, that you're just like really, wow. And at that point, you could teach a person an impact. You're taken, you're impressed, you look up. You don't rest, you don't settle, because if you're not impressed, you won't impact. Just the way it is, if you're not impressed, you won't impact. It's hard for us, we're human. So I would say it's a stam. There is a stam. That's why I say 16 out of 20 you like automatically. There's a stam, why not? People, people are incredible. So, but the problem is the guy who makes teaching every single day hard. <laughs> people ruin the stam because he is a difficult kid. He's fighting with everybody in the class, he's being very negative. So all of a sudden, I, he, he distracts me from his own milus. So that's the kid you have to work harder. He threatens you in some way. He's dangerous. He's, he makes you work harder. He gives you a difficult day. So then it's hard to see milus to begin a process of impacting. But at the point that I can respect him in a profound way, and this is a Rambam. This is not anything. This is no newer than the Rambam. I want to read it to you again. Please memorize this. Perek hey halacha yud beis Yosef. Don't ever forget Hilchas Talmud Torah. How does like one thing that you're impressed by everybody has their things that impress them. At the point that he has something you're impressed by, you'll, it will take away the meniyos. It will take away the blockages. You'll start noticing much deeper things. Uh, the muscle I want to give you, I said, me and you love sports. At the point the guy is a sick basketball player, we end up seeing, the guy has much better qualities, but it's easier for me to see them because I'm already into him. <coughs> so it's easy for me to get in touch with those big qualities, I'm already into him. So if it took that he's a good basketball player, I'm not being pretending, I say, I can't, the guy's midas. And I'll see tremendous nuances in his midas, in his emunah, in his... But the first step is, is that I'm at a good place with him. 
So that's why I say, so as it takes, the guy's great handwriting, whatever it is, he dresses very well. So I'm into him, then I will now take away a lot of the blockages and I'll be able to see his milus. That's the, this Rambam, Shimmy, you hear this Rambam? I want you to hear the words again, it's rather amazing. Listen to this Rambam. Kishem, just like, Shatalmidim chayavim bekavit arav, students are obligated to respect the Rebbe, kach, so as well, harav tsaruch lechabedis talmidov. The Rebbe has to be mechabedis talmidim v'lekarvim and bring them close. I actually have a kasha. I don't know why the Rambam say kishem. It's two halachas. A Rebbe's mechoyut to mechabedis. A Talmud's mechoyut to mechabed Rebbe. And the Rebbe, why does he make a kishem? Just like I almost, I don't know why the Rambam did that. He should just say chayiv. He makes it a kishem, Chaim. Why do you think the Rambam says it that way, Chaim? Kishem, just like a Talmud's Chaim to cover a Rav, so too the Rav has to be mechab the Talmudim. Why do you need the kishem? You should just say, Chaim, Harav, Lechab, Lechab, Talmudim. Momo's saying it's a Tanai. He doesn't say it as a Tanai. He, but Boba said, just like a Talmud Chayv covered a Rav, Rav is Chayv covered a Talmud. It does, almost sounds like he's linking them. I don't think it's a Tanai. I think there are two halachas. Why the Ramam says just like? It could be to me madgish how important everybody understands covered a Rav how important. So the Rambam wants to say you should know it's just as important. Covered a Rav is from the most essential in Yiddishkeit. It says, Es Hashem Lekechat, here, Es L'Rabbis Talmud Chamim, refers to Rebbeim. Amazing Rambam. Chaim, you know this Rambam? Perik Hei Alochi Yud Beis, Dach Rambam. A Rebbe's Mechoyiv L'Chabit, it says Talmidim. Incredible Rambam. Now it doesn't mean not to rip them. And if somebody does not respect his students, he's breaking a din, he's chayiv l'chabed esatalmidim. It doesn't just mean that, it means ikr kavod l'chayadam. Ikr kavod b'machshava. Means in his mind, he's mechabed. Amazing Rambam. Ula Karvan also, interesting. And to bring them close, like what shaykh is? What? <laughs> That's the Diggy asks, "What's all the caravan?" He he, st- he sticks in. The Rebbe has to be mechaber as talmidim and to be mekarev to bring them close. Interesting. Yeah. What? He's chayiv and Also, it's just it's not the kishem doesn't work anymore. The same. It's not to do with the same. The, the Talmud. It's funny. The same. All the caravan. Just another chayiv. The kishem's going on the. Kar- he was asking on that kasha, the kishem with Ula Karvan. It doesn't say that. He says, he says the same way, Talmud Machai, the covet Arav, so to the Rebbe's Chayv, covet a Talmud, Ula Karvan. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that's, the first, that's the first thing I wanted to study today. This was not meant, if somebody's uses, whenever you teach the people things about parenting, so if a guy uses it to weigh his parents where they did it right, okay, 
I can't help that, but I'm really talking to a person in their own responsibilities. When we're talking about Rebbe, and I'm not saying this so we could sit back and like, first grade Rebbe, second, you could do it, I don't mind. I'm, I'm saying that these are natural things that we probably do by accident and we do it, but the Iker point is, is that all of us in our own careers, to know this Rambam, this is a truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. To Mechabedist children? It's interesting, I don't, Rev Hirsch says it on parents with children. I don't remember a Rambam saying that. Rev Hirsch says that parents from Mechabed are children. Now, I want to say that, that of course, of course, youngsters, nobody's making this a backwards world. Of course, youngsters have to be Mechabed Rebbeim. And shame on a person, it's not Mechabed, his parent, his Rebbe, and elders. I'm only highlighting this. Why are you highlighting this, Kalish? Why don't you scream and yell at the guys? Be mechabed your parents. I, I shouldn't do. I shouldn't do scream and yell at you to be mechabed your parents. I just want to, in starting a revolution of covered, I think the best place to start it is to rile up mentors to be mechabed youngsters. We'll produce people of covered who are capable or are oozing covered. I don't think it's a coincidence. In the yeshiva, the respect to Rebbeim is off the charts. I have spoken to Rebbeim about this. The amount of respect to Rebbeim is mind-boggling. The respect to parents, I watched the siyumim at the end of the year, the respect to parents is mind-blown. The respect to elders is incredible. And I think the reason there's so much respect is because there's a revolution of covered. Because they're obeying, respecting people, of course people like that. One of the, one of the things that sticks out in yeshiva, new guys come, I ask, what do you see? Everybody says hello. Everybody seems to be gayrus me. Every new guy, remember when you were new here, remember when you're old here, the respect guys have to each other is mind-blown. I would literally, if somebody would describe Durham, describe Waterbury, it's a bastion. It's a bastion of respect tremendous place of respect. So I'm just, when, when I called to Rebbeim to respect students, I'm saying that it's a great place to start a revolution. If you want to start a revolution, respect your students, but, but work on it, work on it, and you'll raise students who respect their parents, who respect elders, who respect Talmud Ham, who respect the base Knesset. They're people that are shyach to the sogi of covered. Somebody who's not respected and walks around lacking self-respect will not be somebody who respect elders, will not respect. I watch Bachram and Yeshiva if they destroy property or they're not respectful to a girl because they don't have self-respect, that's obvious. They're lacking self-respect, so you talk respect other people. <laughs> they don't have self-respect. A respectful person who's respected, he oozes respect and he respects others. So it just makes it only as a starting point to a revolution, is Rebbeim being mechabed talmidim, keep this halacha, be mechabed your students, don't ever forget to be mechabed your students. That to me is a very, very good starting point for a revolution of covenant. So that's the first thing I wanted to share with the Hever. Shimmy Yamaskin to me? To me, it's number one on the list. Does the Rebbe respect the Subaru? I'm not real. Somebody could say praising things, like I said yesterday. 
You can call everybody tzaddikal. You don't have respect for people. You don't, you don't respect. You don't look at somebody as an equal. You don't respect them intellectually. You don't respect them. It's a lack of respect. You're not respecting what the person's saying, who the person is. You're not respecting the person. I had in yeshiva, early in yeshiva, I have a rule with going home for Shabbos. I learned this early, Daniel. I have a rule in yeshiva on an end Shabbos if a guy wants to go home, so we let a guy go home. But I want him to go home. If he's not going home, he's going elsewhere, stay in yeshiva. So guys, I remember early in the yeshiva, a guy said, a guy said to me, Rebbe, can I leave for Shabbos? I said, if you're going home. So he said, I am going home. I said, excellent. Okay. So then, then you have a He asked me, should my mother text you? Oh, boy. <laughs> should, my, should my parents, like, text you? Because oh, I said, speak to your parents. Ask you, should my mother text you? I realized how abused this youngster was. Saying to a kid, have your mom text me, means I don't trust you. He's 16 years old. That's, that's crazy. We're used to it because it's like a classic. That's a secular school. That's madness. That's insanity. You imagine the altar would tell a 16-year-old Talmud, like, have your mother text me? <laughs> You're saying, I don't trust you. And then, of course, you raise Talmudim that aren't trustworthy. Guys in yeshiva don't lie. Why would a guy lie? If you trust him, of course. Trust, respect. You don't tell a 16-year-old, have your mother text me. You're saying, I don't trust you. Tell him to tell his mother. So, yes, Josh? What about as a parent telling your, to your kids going to a friend and you ask and you ask like the mother that your kid's going to to text her or like you tell your kid let me know when you're there is that also not the kid should text you let the kid trust your 16 year old show trust covered respect to a person dictates respect trust is a big part of respect trust them of course you should trust your child He'll, he'll live up to the trust that we show of course if we don't trust then we produce a person who's not respected of course it's important for both uh a Rebbe and parents to respect the child a lot. I, which one is more effective? Again, I sound very dangerous, Rabbi Say. This is dangerous talk today because the, t- the student has, the kid has to respect his parents. It's dangerous stuff. The Ikra is that you have a mitzvah daraisa, keep it of your parents. There's no mitzvah daraisa, parents, to respect their kid. I'm advising parents that if you raise a child who's respected, he'll have all the respects that he's capable and should have of respecting parents. I'm not making a backwards world. One has to respect parents. not an equal deal. Respect your parents. Respect. Don't contradict. Your parents are allowed to contradict you. They're allowed to agree to you. They're allowed to sit in your seat. They're allowed. But I'm, I'm not making a backwards world. Chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom. Kavit of v'simecha. Kavit of I'm not making a world. The Talmud of... I want... And guys get it. I'm not even like afraid you won't get it. I watch guys treat Rabbi Wisnicki. Tremendous respect. Tremendous. But why are his Talmudim so respectful and beautiful? There's no backwards. and not equals. Because he respects his Talmudim. Because he respects his Talmudim. He produces people of respect. Okay, the second Mishnah I want to... Can we go... Daniel, you have Kayach for a second Mishnah? If I could... Dis- it's a big reality. It's a big reality. It's a very, very big reality. From any... Chayim, from any Rebbe's perspective, if you ask Rabbi Russ, and again, he doesn't even... In my life... In my life, Chaim, there's no guys. The guys are here. 
any bacher here, I don't even say the words Talmidim. I can't, I'm, I'm, I would vomit to say my Talmidim. It's embarrassing and you're so arrogant. You're, you're not bigger. You don't know you're bigger. It's, you're probably smaller. You don't know people's challenges. It's, it's um, any Rebbe in a very, very authentic way. Rai Ras doesn't view he's one step bigger than anybody. What I am saying is, Klape a Talmud, any Talmud's job is to put his Rebbe on a pedestal. That's a Talmud's job. There's Myra. What? Even though that's not the reality. Rabbi writes. Rabbi says, even if you're bigger, you should raise your Rebbe up. Of course. Of course. It doesn't, doesn't matter. There's a very big importance that somebody sees somebody they can learn from to subjugate yourself. How could a Talmud do that? The same as to parents, because he's my Rebbe. I need him as a link, just that he's a link, and he looks like an Adam Chashiv to me. This is the one. Ben Yoyna writes, if you're bigger than him, he says, Asei L'charav. What does it say? L'charav. Make yourself. What does it be an Aseya? Even I feel that you're bigger than him. Their stories, Chaim, their stories, and they felt their revolver after his Rebbe was Nifter, appointed somebody as his Rebbe who was 15 years younger. And Klai Yisrael, I don't, for us to read who's bigger, we see Revolba as a bigger person. And yet Revolba went as a Talmud to a year 15 years his junior, who Klai Yisrael certainly would see Revolba as bigger. His Rebbe was Nifter, Revolba was very old, and he felt this year had things to offer him. So he went as a Talmud, Revolba would hold open the door, Revolba would shake. He made himself a Rebbe. So I'm not the tzura of the relationship as the Talmud sitting Yeshev Lufnei Rabbi. That's the tzura of the relationship. We're very bad judges, bigger, smaller. We're bad judges of all this. We don't have good lenses. Certainly a Talmud has to see somebody who's worthy. Has to be in your eyes. There's somebody I want to learn from. And then the tzura, the tzura of the relationship certainly is the Talmud lowering himself to the Rebbe. That's the tzura of the relationship. Nowhere do we say the Rebbe should like lower himself to the Talmud. That's not what we're saying. But the, the looking at it as an equal, we're very limited and most healthy. I, I've told the guys, I told the guys, I'm going to tell, repeat a great story we said earlier this year. Could I share a great story, Chaim? I like seeing Ashkoch Hashem. I see it all the time in my life. Chaim coming to Yeshiva. I see as Merdek Ashkoch. You're brilliant and it's good to have you. Shemi, listen to this cool story. Shemi, listen to a cool story. Daniel, check out this cool story. Years ago, we had a gathering at Eretz Yisrael. We have a gathering every year. Next year, Chaim, you'll come to Blinad. I want you to come. It's a Shabbos straight from heaven. The Shabbos is otherworldly. There are guys here, Aaron, Yosef, you've been on that Shabbos. This has been the Aaron's been. Mendel, you've been on that Shabbos, no? In Eretz Yisrael? You have to come. You have to come one year. Shmuel, you've been there. Shemler, you've been there. Maratcha, you've been there many times. Mary, you got to be there. This coming year, Beis Hashem, you'll pound the. You were there already, right? Oh, of course you did. Johnny, you've been there many times. Mama's been there, it's true. Toby, you've been there? I hope you come with your rabbits in this coming year. Listen to this, Chaim, listen to this, Maisa Chaim. Dan, check out the Shalom, listen to this story. So we. Vigi was there, Vad. Vigi, how was the Shabbos? Otherworldly, no? Shalom, Shalom, this is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Arya, you were there. Daniel was there, Daniel was there. Shalom, Shalom, this Daniel was there. So, Chaim, like this. We this Friday night, everybody's gathered, hundreds of people, 
and we gave out Sidurim. Yeah, we gave out Sidurim. Everybody should have a Sidur. I, my Overlander and myself wanted to write in the Sidur a nice message for the guys, and time didn't allow. We weren't able, we didn't get around. We didn't have the time for it. So the office wrote a letter. Somebody in the office wrote a letter and asked us to sign. It was a very like nice letter. Now the letter said, Dear Talmidim or something. And then they had a letter. So they showed me the letter. I said, the whole letter is beautiful. I'll sign it. But you can't write the word Talmidim. Instead of like, oh, dear Talmidim. The Chavrid, you're busyness. You call, you call people. It's busyness. It's ridiculous. So you can't, I said, keep the whole letter, but switch it to dear Chavrid. Dear Chavrid. Dear Chavrid. I don't remember what it said. Maybe Chavrid. So, what? You did him, fine, you did. <laughs> it said, he was there. So it said, you did him. You did him, friends, you did, you did him, my friends. So I, I, that's the only switch, and then Rayobel and myself sign it. So now well, listen to this. Every single guy has a siddur in front of them that says, dear, you did him, switch from dear Talmidim. Right, Kaufman, who did not know about the siddurim or what it said in the siddurim, the Shashiva Shlita, was the first speech Friday night with everybody as a siddur in front of them where it was switched, Talmidim to Yedidim. Rosh Hashiva Shlita, unbeknownst to him, this siddur, this letter in there, Rosh Shlita gets up and gives a drasha. He speaks the first speech Friday night with a siddur in front of everybody. He says, I want to read you a letter from Ibkivegar. And he reads a letter from Ibkivegar. Ibkivegar writes to his children, that when you go through all my notes and you're writing my Torah, so you're going to see there are a lot of Shilas and Shuvas. People wrote me letters. He said, if you ever find that I refer to somebody I'm writing to as a Talmud, you know that it was switched. I didn't write it. Because I never call my students, I never call them Talmudim. Because Eric in the Key Vegas, I could view a Talmud, Meshuggah. So he said, if you ever see that expression, Talmidim, you know what? That's what the Rashiva says over from Ricky Vega with everybody having the sitter in front of them. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Ricky Vega says, if you ever see that, you know I didn't write it. I looked up the letter from Ricky Vega. It's exactly what he says. He says, if you ever see that word, you know I didn't write it. Okay, there's a second mission I want to study today. Are you masking Dan to this first? Let's go topic. To what time is it, Daniel? I probably have to do one song between. Let's do a song. Klai Yisrael's waiting for Kabbalah Satayra. Let's do a song. Let's do the water break song. Open up my heart to Teda. Let's sing that song. Psach, leave a nice high key. A shtickle high. Not too high, but a shtickle high. This song goes better. Oh, much better. Exactly. Oh, oh, oh. 
In the last Mishnah, it's, it's Mishnah Chaf in the second parak. Reb Tarvin said, Ayoyim Katsar. The day is short. Hamalacha Merubah, there's a lot to do. It's a short day with a lot to do. Hapoylem Atzeylem, and the workers tend to be lazy. Vasachar Harbi, the stakes are great, a lot of reward. And the Balabayas, the boss, is very pressured. He wants the work done. 
So he presents Reb Tarf in a very dire picture. The energy of this mission is, let's go! Come on! Hayyim Katsar, it's a short day. Hamalacha Merubah, there's a lot to do. Hapoilim at Salem, we have an atzlus, we have a laziness. Let's go, move, get up. Hasachar Harbe, there's a lot of reward, the stakes are high. Balabayas Daichik, and the Rabbi wants it. Let's go! This is a very, very powerful, fiery Mishnah. It always, it sometimes gets me, sometimes a speaker has us. They've spoken and they've appealed, and we're like, whoa! And then they let us off the hook. Did you ever have that? Like a speaker had the oilum like in a trance. They spoke. We mamish sense. And then they like let you off to it in some like cooler. They say, but, you know, don't worry. <laughs> you mamish had me. I remember my father once was talking to his balabatim. It moved me tremendously what he did. He had a big seam in a restaurant. And clearly he was trying to rally his balabatim, his, his, his people from his shul, to come to Shiurim more. And he spoke passionately about coming to Shiurim. And everybody there was moved. Here was an expensive seum. And the Rav like laid it out there and like really like appealed to everybody to come to more Shiurim. And then my father says, it made a tremendous impression on me. It's, it's a long time later. I, I, st- I don't think the rest of my life I'll forget this. He said, however, if it's hard for your wife, you're leaving, and you won't be as good a husband, stay home. I was very, like, moved. Like, his, his speech wasn't the shalom. He didn't gather the chevra to give a shalom bayish to Russia. <laughs> he was trying to rally his balbatim to come to Shiurim. And in some ways now, and he had the whole place like in a train, like it was like powerful words to come to Shiyum. Rabbi say, Tyra, that is Siyam, at a Siyam. Picture a Siyam in Yeshiva. Got, the Balabatim were moved. Like it was at a Siyam. Everybody's feeling a Cheshek at Tyra. It's a big Siyat of the Shreyam. Many Siyumim in the Yeshiva, in, right after, in, a, in, a, in two, three weeks, we're going to start Siyam season. For the last three weeks of the year, after those two, three weeks, we're going to have Siyumim. Almost nightly, beautiful. At Siyumi, many youngsters decided, I want to learn Torah. There's an appreciation. The Messiah reads the last words of the Messiah, the Siyata, the Shmaya, that it's very moving. And many people decide to start learning. And my father at this Siyum is appealing to the Balabatim, let's go, Hevra, let's go. And like it was like a reptarfin type, you know, Hevra, let's go, let's, let's get busy learning Hashem's Torah. And, and then he like lets them off the hook. He's like, by the way, but if anybody's, it's hard for their wife, I don't want you to come to Shir. It moved me a lot, but also like you let them off the hook. But my, I asked my father about it. He felt that I want them fired up about Torah, but I don't want it to be a lachatz at the home. I want the wives to feel part of it. So if the wife and the husband decide together, we can learn. My father told me. But you hear speeches where the speaker seems to let the person off the hook. Rip Tarfin starts out and he's fired. This is a drusha. He mamish has us. I hear these words. Ayoyim katzer. You know, it's a short day. There's not endless time. There's a lot we want to do. There's a lot. There's a lot of ideas and plans. Let's go. Get cracking. Keep in mind, we're very physical and we get lazy. There's a lot at stake. You can, you can do a lot. 
wants your work. No, let's go, let's go. So I read this Mishnah. This Mishnah gets me like fires me up. I'm reading it now. I'm getting like energized. Kalish, let's go. I'm plugged in this Mishnah. You know, I, I add like to Mishnayas. I add my cutesy. Like I want to point that out. It's Gishmak to it. The Mishnah alone. I read this Mishnah. I plug into this Mishnah. I moved. And then the next words, Hefra. I feel like in the next words, he like lets me off the hook. Rip Tarpin's on fire. He's, he's fiery. He's screaming. He's, he's mamish. He's... he's, he's He's, he's ignited my soul. And who are you, Aymer? Continues the Mishnah. Reb Tarfin said as well, It's not on you to finish the matter. It's not in your control. Like, Could you really finish the deal? Yosef, <laughs> he had me, Reb Tarfin. He had me. He, 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 he like, let me off talk. It's not on you to finish it. Is it really in your power? And I want to say something to everybody here. I want a yeshiva of idealists, of people that are driven to accomplish, and in your own families, to raise, to raise your family, encourage, make beautiful homes of Yerushalayim, of sincerity, powerful bastions of Avas Hashem, of Avas Yisrael, of Avas Atayra. I want to have a yeshiva full of idealists. And I want to say that one of the most empowering things to me is that statement, it's not on you to finish. I, I, have, I have heroes in my life, people, his, people who are no longer alive and people who are alive. And I ask myself the following question. I'm, some of you might ask this about people you love. I always ask about people I like, was their life's mission a success? Their dreams, what they wanted to build and create. Many people I admire a lot, both who are alive and who are not alive. And I asked myself what they were fired to do with their success. Do they feel they were matzliach in building what they want to build? Some, the answer to me is a resounding yes, and some is a resounding no. It's very sad. People like who had big aspirations and plans, and the answer is a resounding no. No, they did not build what they, what they set out to build. It did not look, what? So Viggy says, do you then like, okay, he's not my Rebbe anymore. He's not somebody I look up. Did they succeed at building what they want? Did it look like they wanted it to look? Did they succeed the way they wanted? And I want to say that there's yeses and no's. There's yeses and no's. What? Rebbe, give us one or two yeses. One or two yeses. <laughs> it's dangerous because I don't want to go through. I, I don't like want to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to know that. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's dangerous. I don't want to share my own like journey. That question is a very emotional question. I don't mind getting emotion from the guys. I'm not prepared now to. The question is a charged question. It's not a small thing. I definitely thing. failed at what I just tried to do, but okay, let's <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Rebezi? It's like nope. a very, no, it's an emotional <laughs> thing to, to analyze people you respect and appreciate, to ask that question, what they wanted to build and tried it and spent a lifetime building, did they build what they wanted to build? It's a very emotional, it's a draining question. It's, a, it's an overwhelming question to ask. And I want to say to everybody 
that that line Le'alecha Melacha Ligmar, it's not your job to finish, is massively empowering be an idealist. Your job is, our job is to be idealist, to be sincere. And the answer is some of the most amazing people who ever lived didn't necessarily build things that you and I know about. And that's up to Hashem. It doesn't mean they didn't try. It doesn't mean they weren't fire. And in the world of Ruchnius, that's not the completing the deal. The fact that they wanted to build it is eternal. The fact that they wanted to build it already is eternally powerful. I could tell you what moves me to know when there are tzaddikim that a hundred years after they died, Klal Yisrael started taking up their movements. Don't say names. I ask not to say names. It's a complicated sugya. That happens to move me a lot because for a hundred years, a watcher would have said they didn't really build what they wanted to build. A hundred years later, like something's happening from what they wanted to build. Now, even if we don't see it, us seeing it is very encouraging. But that point, is not a blockage, Bensi, from doing. Is not a discourager. It's actually, to me, Reb Gamliel was a powerful speech driving people. I don't think it lets off the hook. I actually think in many ways it's more powerful and pushing than his even initial speech. He gave a speech on the importance of doing, how much is necessary. And then he says it's not about you if it's going to be successful. Many great Rosh Yeshivas barely had Yeshivas. Nobody came. Does that mean they were failures? Absolutely not. It wasn't in their power. Hashem, for whatever reason didn't want it, didn't allow it for whatever reason, but their idealism is eternal. That which they cared, that which they fought, that which they fought for something that's eternally important. is not like, okay, so I'm not trying, fakert. To me that says, I think people who are willing to try know, knowing that it's not in our hands. If you think it has to be in our hands, you're either very arrogant and many things would not try. Is it really possible I'd be successful? Who cares if you'll be successful? You see a need, you see an importance, make a stance for it. I, I, there are many greats in our history. I don't. Did, 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 did Matisio and his sons know they would win? I don't know. I don't know if they knew they would win. I think they knew that they had to make a stand. It's not, it's not about us if it succeeds. There are times when you just believe I have to make a stand. Uh, Reb Miller, Reb Miller, I'll tell you like this, Vicky. Reb Miller, I wanted to, the point is that I want to show my loyalty to Hashem. Reb Miller would write letters. There's a story, it's a very touching story. Mamish, this, is, this would be the visual of Le'alecha Melacha Ligmar. Reb Miller, Erev Yom Kippur, like the holiest time of the year, he's preparing for Yom Kippur. He's the Chassan's El Tezeda. Reb Miller, Erev Yom Kippur, you can ask in the family if it's true. He would write letters to big politicians protesting preachers, different things that he needed to protest. Somebody asked Reb Miller, Rebbe, or Tati, either in the family or out of, they said, Rebbe, Tati, like, do you think, you're writing a letter to president, you think he's reading your letter, like, like, come on. And Erev Yom Kippur, he's writing these letters, passionate letters, 
and and Reb Miller expressed that it's that I don't know if it will work or not, and you could laugh at me. My obligation is to make a stand, and I'm making a stand. Of course, I'm going to do it in the best possible way to make a stand, and I hope it does something. It's not about. It's not about what ended up happening. Often, it's not in our power. Hashem is the geimer. It's very empowering to make stands and not to say, but it can't work, it ha- but I have to do it. I'm, it can't work, I hear. We have a very, very powerful geimer. We sing a song in, in yeshiva, Lokel geimer aloi. Hashem is my geimer, is my completer. It's a great song that stands as Mishnah, Hashem is my geimer. It's very empowering because many people will have idealism that people will tell you is impossible. And you say, could be. Could be, could be. I'm not the goimer. My achrayis is to stand up. Hashem's the goimer, Hashem's my goimer. My achrayis is to make a stand. And in many idealisms in our life, we'll make that stand, and it's empowering to make that stand. And you'll make it, and you'll make it hard, and you'll fight for something. And we have a goimer who could, who could break through where human beings can't break through. We have Hashem. Hashem's a goimer, Eloi. He's our goimer. You're not the goimer. We're never the goimer. Hashem's the goimer. Our job is to make a stand for something. I think this, I think this, um, this concept, can be. Like any truth in the world that could be abused, where a guy says, could I really do it? And it could cause somebody to quit. I think to, to, to a person who wants, it could be very empowering to try things and to stand up and make stances for things. When others might tell you, you can't succeed, you won't succeed, you'll never do it. I hear, I hear what you're saying. It's not my job whether it sees it through. I'm, I'm going to put in everything I can. In, in many ways, to say what Gamliel's doing is actually another further encouragement to jump in the fray wow. and accomplish. To the voices that will tell you you'll never succeed. You'll never get it done. And will tell you all the reasons why not. Instead of saying, so I'm not doing, say it's never really in my power, the success. I'm going to go for it. Many greats who, who were involved in, in establishing many great things overcame tremendous odds. I would think this Mishnah would give them great power. And when they're told it's impossible, it will never work, they say, If I have to evaluate, will it ever see the light of day? And maybe certain things I'll do, certain things I won't do. Hashem's the gamer. Hashem decides. If Hashem decides it should work, then it will work. If He decides it, won't, it shouldn't work, then it won't work. My job is the idealism, is the standing up, is the doing. And then we'll see many greats and many greats accomplish things that were seen by others to be impossible and will never work. And many times people did things that have a tremendous Kiddush HaMayim and the Rabbani Shalom decided it won't be. Decided it's just not going to happen. It's interesting that Avram Avinu in the Torah, we're told, makes a stand for Stein. And Stein ends up being destroyed. Yet the Torah tells us about his stand. He made a stand. To us, it sounds like just psukim. Chazal say it was ad kadeh mesiras nefesh. What that means, what type of prayer, there were big stuff. He stood up for a country. It didn't work. It didn't work. He wasn't matzliach. That point that the Torah teaches us about something that he wasn't, Saddam was destroyed, but his stand eternally matters. It's in the Torah.
And that's what I say to all of us. Whenever you ask about a person, was his life mission successful? It's a very good question. And I don't say it's a wasted question, but also remember, What? We're, still, we're allowed to still ask, and maybe even if we just conclude, even if we conclude, because we're human beings and we look at the world, maybe there's something we can learn from it, maybe. We're human. We're human and we're going to ask the question. We're just human. But remember that, the question's not about the Gemira. And on many greats, many greats stood up and built things that were very matzliach. And then many greats built things that didn't seem to work. It could be a shul, it could be a yeshiva, it could be a community, it could be many things. One of my heroes started a community. His dream, his lifelong dream was to make a Tardika community. He built it, he put in years of his life, and it was shut down after a couple of years, and it failed. It was shut down. In Eretz Yisrael, he built something, and it was shut down. So then you ask, did he succeed or fail? The answer is that he was idealistic and, and made a stand for something that's important. I think it, it encourages doing, it doesn't discourage doing. I like that song. If the guy's singing, tell him, Hashem is goimer aloi, he's my goimer, he's my finisher, Hashem. Hashem decides if it finishes, throw up the alley-oop, the center will dunk. Let Hashem, let's sing Ekra, Rezi, and then we'll learn second Seder. We will be davening Mincha. <laughs> we will be davening Mincha right now. Then there will be second Seder. If I can remind Noelum, tomorrow, 3.30, we're going to try to be on time. We'll end the games, believe that they're on time. 3.30 sharp, we're beginning odes. It's a sphere activity. Daniel, you know what an ode is?